Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Happy Thursday. It's Thursday, December 7th, 2023, National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day, the Feast of the Great Doctor of the Church, St. Ambrose. And we're going to be talking about a lot of things that matter most today, as Al Cresta always says. Thanks for tuning in to EWTN. It's actually a very Marian program today because tomorrow, as you know, is a holy day of obligation. It's a feast of the Immaculate Conception. So Father Mitch Pacwa from EWTN Radio and TV will join us and talk about this teaching, why it's so important, why it is something that we have Catholics have to believe in, okay? This is a dogma of the church, and we have to understand why the church came up with this. Where did it come from? I'm not saying that we have to remember every single paragraph or scripture verse in relationship to this, but it is important for us to understand our faith so we can grasp it more deeply, especially at this beautiful time of year, which is in many ways so Marian. So Father Mitch Paca will join us. And I think it's going to be a really good conversation for a number of reasons, because he's a scripture scholar. Number one, he's so intelligent and insightful, but also because we know we have many, many converts who've come into the church and a big stumbling block often is the teachings on Mary. So we'll talk about that with Father Mitch Pacwa. And then speaking of Marian, we're going to be talking with Martin Hartfield. He's a vice president of Paradisus Day, creators of the Joyful Mysteries Rosaries video series. So what we're going to be talking about today is one of the series that was actually shot in the Holy Land. So the timing is super important, given that we're now two months into the war uh, in Israel after the attack by the uh, terrorist group Hamas on Israel and about all the Christians that are impacted and kind of caught in the middle of all this and how so many of them have been praying, asking for Our Lady's intercession. And Mark's going to talk about the powerful feeling of being there and recording this rosary series in the Holy Land, obviously before uh, the war broke out back in October. So that is our program today on a busy Thursday morning. We appreciate you tuning in to EWTM. Let's take a look at the weather. Well, we have a storm system that's shifting into the Rockies and high plains into tomorrow, bringing strong winds and snow to mountainous terrain. Record high temperatures could occur across the Great Plains and the upper Midwest today. We've got some amazing weather in Michigan. It's going to be in the mid to upper 40s today and then the rest of the week and all of next week. In the Midwest and parts of Ohio and Indiana are going to be seeing temperatures in the 50s. Normally, it's not that cold in December here, usually in the in the mid-30s. But to be in the mid-50s in December is quite unusual, but we'll take it. So the uh, high plain storm bringing strong winds and snow to the mountainous terrain and record high temperatures, as I mentioned, across the plains in the upper Midwest. And then this weekend, the Pacific moisture will bring heavy rain and high elevation snow to the Pacific Northwest as well as severe thunderstorms impacting the Southern Plains and the lower Mississippi Valley. We do hope you're having a great day on a Thursday, December 7th. We will be off tomorrow for the Holy Day of Obligation. Today is also, as I mentioned, the Feast of the Great Doctor of the Church, St. Ambrose. Pray for us. Four minutes past the hour. Let's get started. A lot of news to get through. As always, never a dull moment. Let's see what's happening in and around the world on your Thursday morning. 
Catholic News Agency has a detailed report on Senator Josh Hawley engaging in a very tense exchange with FBI Director Christopher Wray this week after the release of the report that found the agency's investigation into traditional Catholics may be more expansive than FBI officials have claimed. The senator said, we know that, in fact, FBI agents did approach a priest and a choir director asking them to inform on parishioners. That hearing followed the unveiling on Monday of the House Judiciary Committee's report detailing the results of a months-long investigation into that leaked internal FBI memo, as CNA explains, that talked about investigating Catholics as potential domestic terrorists. The report found that an internal memo originating in the Richmond office was made available to other FBI field offices and that the FBI may still be looking into the supposed link mentioned in the memo. And that's not all, that agents also interviewed a priest and a choir director affiliated with the Society of St. Pius X late last year, even though the FBI claims those interviews are part of a separate investigation and had no relation to the memo. The report cites a private interview in the committee held with special agent in charge of the Richmond field office that revealed that discussions about a broader document are still ongoing. Mark Mayfield tells us the Israel-Hamas war rages on two months after it began. Israel says its forces are operating in the heart of southern Gaza's main city, as it's believed Hamas leaders are being housed in the area. The United Nations said that Israel's ground invasion is creating an increasingly apocalyptic situation for Palestinians in the southern part of the region, as food, water and medicine are running very low. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said that his forces must retain security control over the Gaza Strip, even after the war is over. Two Israeli citizens whose fathers are being held hostage by Hamas as part of the war with Israel are in Detroit for a special event. Ella Ben-Ami and Yari Moses spoke in Detroit yesterday pleading for help to get their fathers released. Help me with a miracle. Help me celebrate Hanukkah with my dad. We're still struggling. We're still fighting. And we need the power, the people to help us, everyone in the world to help us do this fight. Make sure this is stayed in the headlines. Both of their mothers have been released by Hamas. The shooter who killed three people and hurt another at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, yesterday was apparently a college professor. Law enforcement sources say the suspect was a 67-year-old career college professor who had unsuccessfully applied for a job at the school. Brian Shook tells us Senate Republicans are blocking Joe Biden's request for Ukraine and Israel aid over a lack of U.S. border policy changes. The more than $100 billion national security package failed to get enough votes to move forward in the chamber Wednesday evening. Republicans have conditioned support for the U.S. allies for tighter restrictions on asylum and other immigration programs as there's been a spike in migrant crossings at the U.S.-Mexico border. This comes as U.S. officials have warned critical aid for Ukraine in its war with Russia is running out. Republican presidential hopefuls laying out their plans for the economy. What I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to get to the root cause of the problem. These student loans are going to be backed by the universities because they need to have an incentive to produce gainful employment for people. During a debate on News Nation, Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis blaming both parties for the nation's ballooning debt. He promised to get inflation and interest down, reduce spending and open up domestic energy production. Former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley also promising to cut spending and to address a shortage of homes in the U.S. Former Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy saying he will resign from Congress at year's end. This comes after McCarthy was the first Speaker of the House to be ousted 
from power in the middle of a congressional term. And New York City Mayor Eric Adams is making yet another trip to Washington today to try to get more federal help on the migrant crisis. This is a $12 billion price tag over the three years. And this is a national problem. Uh, We have been paying the cost of that. And we believe that the federal government should pick up the tab. It does not appear he will meet with the president directly on the issue. He is set to meet with congressional leaders and federal officials and also attend the White House holiday party where his schedule shows he will speak to administration officials about the crisis. Adams has been very critical of the Biden administration for not taking, he says, enough action on the crisis. Meanwhile, as Natalie Migliori tells us, several polls indicate the New York City Mayor Eric Adams is falling out of favor with his voters. According to a Quinnipiac University poll, 58% of respondents disapprove of Mayor Adams. That's up from 43% who were unsatisfied with his job performance in February. Holster Mary Snow says that's breaking records and not necessarily the good kind. He's the lowest job approval rating of any mayor we've polled since 1996. Meantime, a survey by American Pulse found former Governor Andrew Cuomo might be able to make a political comeback since their results show he would currently beat Adams in a Democratic primary. Three Chicago aldermen are calling for the resignations of seven officials from Mayor Brandon Johnson's administration over the failed migrant camp in that area. Alderman Anthony Beal speaking after Raymond Lopez and Anthony Napolitano and himself sent a letter to the mayor demanding those involved in the park site resign. And they should not be employed and being paid for spending and wasting tens of millions of dollars. The letter comes a day after the governor's office announced the state would not proceed with the migrant base camp. And that's due to concerns over contamination. The mayor's office releasing a state defending those involved, saying they're doing serious work in addressing the urgency of the migrant crisis. Rory O'Neill tells us consumers are adjusting their budgets as they expect to spend even more this Christmas season. It's the height of the holiday shopping season, and American consumers say they're preparing to spend even more. A Gallup poll finds Americans expect to spend, on average, $975 on gifts. That's $100 more than a year ago, 50 bucks more than what they thought they'd be spending when asked in October. The Gallup survey finds young and middle-income shoppers are more likely to spend more this holiday season. The sister of Cuban dictators Fidel and Raul Castro has died in Miami. Juanita Castro was a longtime opponent of the communist regime led by her two brothers. She left Cuba all the way back in 1964 and never returned. She died Monday at the age of 90. And finally, in our news segment, at almost 11 minutes past the hour, military veterans and their families and visitors from around the world converging today in Hawaii for ceremonies. As Michael Kastner tells us, they will mark National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. It's the 82nd anniversary of the attack on Hawaii that brought the U.S. into World War II, as then-President Franklin Roosevelt told a joint session of Congress. On December 7, 1941, the Japanese military made a surprise attack on the U.S. naval base in Pearl Harbor, killing over 2,400 Americans and injuring over 1,100 others. The next day, the U.S. entered World War II and declared war on Japan. Flags across the U.S. will be flown at half-staff today, and a commemoration ceremony will be held at the Pearl Harbor National Memorial in Hawaii. 
It is a Thursday morning, December 7th, as you heard, National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. And we're also marking the Feast of St. Ambrose, a great doctor of the church. Weather-wise, if you're just tuning in, we have a storm system shifting into the Rockies and the High Plains into tomorrow. That, they say, will bring strong winds and snow to mountainous terrain. Record high temps occurring across the Great Plains in the upper Midwest. And this weekend, Pacific moisture will bring heavy rain and high elevation snow to the Pacific Northwest and severe thunderstorms will impact the Southern Plains and lower Mississippi Valley. When we come back, being that tomorrow is a very important Holy Day of Obligation on the Immaculate Conception, we will have a nice talk and explanation from our resident scripture scholar, the wonderful Father Mitch Pacwa, for our Thursday segment, which we call Cultural Connections with Father Mitch. Stay tuned. He's coming up next. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. Finding health care for yourself and your family can be isolating and confusing. That's why the Catholic Health Alternative, CMF Curo, is offering Christ-centered health sharing for individuals and families, along with new wellness services to help heal and restore your whole person, spirit, mind, and body. Visit cmfcuro.com to find out more. That's cmfcuro.com, where you can experience Christ's healing love in your health and wellness. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. The Feast of the Immaculate Conception is celebrated on December 8th. That will be tomorrow. Catholic teaching that Mary, Mother of Jesus, free of original sin, from the moment of her conception. And Father Mitch Pacwa joins us every Thursday for Cultural Connections. And I, Father, even if we, we know the basics about this beautiful, beautiful teaching of the Church, and of course um, it's a Holy Day of Obligation tomorrow, so we'll be going to Mass and learning more about it, I think it's always great to revisit these teachings so we can have a deeper understanding of how the Church came to these conclusions and how we can help others learn more about it. So thanks for joining us. It's really, really an important time uh, to discuss this. How are you? I'm just groovy. I uh, broke my leg, slipped in some snow, so that's no good. But other than that, I'm doing fine. Except the fact that you're sitting in the same room with Dr. Ray Garendi. I was so sorry to hear that. Not a good way to start a day. Just saying. <laughs> well, I fixed it. I moved to another room. 
<laughs> in the warehouse instead. <laughs> oh, I guess he's going to be on your show. Is that is that what's happening yeah, while you're? Yeah, okay. we're going to pre-tape a program with him. All right. Well, you know, I could I could give you some other better suggestions for guests. You don't have to scrape the bottom of the barrel for Grandy, but what are you going to do? Hey, hey, hey! Actually, this time uh, you may even want him on it as a guest because he's got a really, really nice book about dealing with parents and teenagers. He's got great books. We always tease each other. We're like yeah. the, the brother and sister in the in, in the back of the car. Ma, he's touching me, you know, that kind of thing. But we're very good friends. He does a great job. Okay, getting to the topic at hand, the Immaculate Conception. Even sometimes yes. Catholics are confused about this. Although I did oh, win a holy card oh. once when I was asked about it, and I raised my hand, and I got the teaching right, and I still have that holy card. So what are we teaching? What are we understanding with the Immaculate Conception, first okay. of all? First of all, the Immaculate Conception does not refer to the virginal conception of Jesus Christ. That's one of the uh, very um, common uh, mistakes. I actually heard that um, in um, a sermon, and I had to correct the priest and let him know that, you know, no, this is not about Jesus being born of a virgin. This is about the Blessed Virgin Mary at the moment of her conception. If you, for those of you who are uh, good at counting, nine months from now is the feast of the Nativity of Mary. And it's about her conception. And one of the things about her conception is, um, uh, you know, that she was, uh, she was all, according to a, a very old book called the Proto-Gospel or Proto-Evangelion of James, uh, that they were barren. They could not have uh, any children yet. And so um, uh, they prayed, as a matter of fact, it was St. Anne who prayed to have a child, and that she promised to dedicate the child to the Lord. Now, they didn't pray for an immaculately conceived child, but that's, that's part of the background. And by, that book was written around 125 A.D. So already this specialness about the Blessed Mother was being taught in the very earliest Church. Now, the second thing is that the Immaculate Conception means that she was conceived without original sin. Mm-hmm. That's what it, at the moment of her conception, she had no original sin. All of us are born with original sin, that there is a lack. Uh, uh, this is not always the best way to explain original sin, but imagine, um, you know, I think it's Prince Harry and his wife that are now in California, mm-hmm. and they gave up the right to uh, become uh, the king and queen. I think they, they, you know, gave that up. Well, that also means, not only did they give it up, but their children cannot inherit it. And this is the kind of thing that may be a good example for us that our parents were chosen by God to be you know, the, 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 the royalty made in the image and likeness of God. 
And as such, they were to have this tremendous dignity uh, that comes with uh, uh, you know, original justice and grace and uh, no disordered desires. Everything was just in, uh, going well. And by sin, their sin, they gave up all of that privilege. That's what original sin is, and it's key to understand original sin. It does, original sin does not mean that you and I committed a sin, but we inherit this absence of original justice before God, just as Prince Harry's uh, children will not inherit the right to, uh, to take the throne of England. So that, that's an unless, and then if somebody changed that and said, okay, we forgive everybody, everybody's well, and then it could be restored. That would be an example of redemption. In a, it's just an image, but it, it's a way to understand it. Now, mm-hmm. Our Lady has that exemption granted to her by God, her Savior, who gave her the grace of being without original sin from the moment she was conceived. Uh, Again, another key part of this doctrine. Each one of us begins existence at conception. That is when not only the uh, sperm and the egg uh, meet and become a new being with the, you know, the DNA of both, but your soul is created at that moment. That's one part of the wondrous dignity of women. God doesn't create any more matter in the universe. All matter is, is done, but he does create the eternal souls of individuals in the wombs of women making their wombs a very sacred place. And in the case of St. Anne, not only was a soul created, but it was created without sin. That's what we mean by the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception. So it was, it was, it was finalized in 1854. I just wanted to read the yes. proclamation. Well, and, it, it, yeah. it was right. It was made... A uh, dogma, dogma of the, the church. church, right? It mm-hmm. had been held prior, mm-hmm. but it was made a dogma. I, I, I want to address that just a little bit later. Okay, let me just read what the words are. It says, we declare, pronounce, and define the doctrine which asserts that the Blessed Virgin Mary, from the first moment of her conception, by a singular grace and privilege of Almighty God, in the view of the merits of Jesus Christ, Savior of the human race, was preserved free from every stain of original sin, is a doctrine revealed by God, and for this reason must be firmly and constantly believed by all the faithful. So this is not one of those prudential judgment things where we can say, ah, you know, that, that sounds fine for some, but I don't believe that. This is this no. is a dogma of the Church that we must accept as a Catholic. Right. And here's the, the, the part there that I wanted to address is where it says it's revealed by God. Where is the Immaculate Conception made clear in Scripture? And it's at the time of the Annunciation and Visitation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. First, the angel greets Our Lady. 
Chayre kechari chomen. Heil, the one who has been graced. That would be a very wooden, literal translation of the word. That it's it's a um, a, per, a perfect passive uh, participle, feminine singular increase means hail you you the one here who has been graced. It actually shows up in uh, in a lot of our Arabic hymns. She's called Yahanuna, hail O graced one. Um, uh, even her mother's name Anna. In Hebrew, is Hannah. It means grace. Well, Mary is the graced one, mm. and so this is this is very important because it is not something she earned. It is a gift of God's grace. Second verse is when Elizabeth greets her with three beatitudes in at the visitation. The first one is. Blessed are you among women. Uh, then blessed is the fruit of your womb. And then thirdly, blessed is she who believed uh, all that the Lord said to her. Those are the three beatitudes mm-hmm. Elizabeth proclaims. At the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes into Elizabeth and she speaks those three beatitudes. So this is not Elizabeth's personal opinion. It's the Holy Spirit inspiration to say this. The one I would focus on is this. Blessed are you among women. Can I, do, I have to give a little... Okay, let's pick that up grammar. on the other side. I also want to talk about the statement from St. Bernadette when her mother was asking her, who is the lady? Who's the lady in the grotto? Who did you see? And she says, oh, that's a beautiful line. I want to talk about that when we come back. It's very significant because it was stated shortly after the dogma. And how would this girl in the middle of this very poor town in France know anything about something as theological as the Immaculate Conception? More with Father Mitch Pacwa when we come back. Father Benedict Groeschel. In the church, we speak of seven gifts. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, loyalty, courage, and reverence or fear of the Lord. When I speak about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and these gifts come, they give you the ability to go beyond your strength. If you're struggling to be a good person, a good member of your religion, you know it's a struggle. And you don't always make it. I've been at it many, many decades, and I still struggle and trip and fall and have holes in my socks. Struggling to be a good person, something that we need help at. And this help comes to us by these gifts of the Holy Spirit. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. What is catechesis and why do we care? The job of catechesis is to reveal all the joy as well as the demands of the way of Christ, says the Catholic Catechism. The way of Christ is summed up in the catechesis of the Beatitudes. Jesus gave us the eight Beatitudes in his Sermon on the Mount. The Catholic Catechism tells us this teaching is the only path that leads to the eternal Beatitude, happiness, for which the human heart longs. 
The catechesis of sin and forgiveness challenges us. Unless man acknowledges that he is a sinner, states the catechism, he cannot know the truth about himself, which is a condition for acting justly, and without the offer of forgiveness, man could not bear the truth. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Having a very important conversation with Father Mitch Pacwa. Even if you already know all about the Immaculate Conception, you know what? Church teaching is so deep, you can always learn more. And a beautiful thing to contemplate, especially during this Advent season, tomorrow being the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, December 8th. Okay, Father, you wanted to go back to Blessed Are You Among Women. Yes. In, uh, this is part of Semitic grammar, I'm afraid. I have, to, I have to go into this, otherwise it doesn't make sense. In the Semitic languages, there is no superlative or comparative form of adjectives. So they don't have the word happier. They don't have the word happiest. They have happy. But how then do you change that? You know, how, how do you, um, you know, they have the idea of comparison and uh, of being superlative, but they don't have that form of the adjective. How do they say it? If I want to say, you, Teresa, are better than I, you would say, at tova mimeni, you are good from me. If I want to say that you are the best, I would say, at tova benhum, you are good among them. The expression, to be good among somebody, means that you are the best. When Elizabeth says, blessed are you among women, that is perfect Aramaic expression to say you are the most blessed woman. When you take a look at the book of Judith, it says you are the most blessed woman on earth. But with Elizabeth, it's more absolute. Mary is more blessed than women. Everywhere, including our Mother Eve. Now, how would she be the most blessed woman ever? Eve was created without original sin, but she fell into it. Mm-hmm. Our Lady is more blessed because she was also conceived without original sin, but she never gave into it. That's what makes her more blessed. So those Holy Spirit-inspired words of Elizabeth, that you are the most blessed woman, is another uh, biblical evidence for Our Lady being the most blessed. And then when she starts off her uh, Magnificat, just a few verses at, right after the Three Beatitudes, then, then um, uh, Our Lady says, My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. This means that God is the one who mm-hmm. gave her the grace. She's the one who has been graced by God. He saved her. And uh, I, I credit uh, my good friend Scott Hahn for this. He said that he, God saves me by pulling me out of the swamp of sin. 
he saves his mother by putting his arm to prevent her from ever getting into it. Right. And the importance of this is that Christ is born of a long line of sinners. You go to his genealogy, look up all those people, you'll see that their sins are in the Bible. That's the bad part of being a Bible person, that if you're in the Bible, your sins are talked about for all eternity. (laughs) That's the bad thing. So Abraham lied, Isaac lied, Jacob lied. Judah, his ancestor of his tribe, you know, uh, went to a prostitute who happened to be his daughter-in-law. Uh, and it goes on. David murdered and committed adultery. And on and on. Mary, as the one without original sin, helps him enter into the stream of human sinfulness. And she is like a lock on a river that prevents the pollution Mm. of this river of sin from entering into the infinite goodness of Jesus. That's part of the importance. Now, one of the the things I want to um, emphasize is that um, the reason that this was decreed so late, 1854, again, it had been believed and was understood for centuries, But the decree in 1854 is key, because in the 1700s, you had Jean-Jacques Rousseau, the very famous philosopher and political philosopher, who said there is no such thing as original sin. And from that idea came all kinds of great evils. When Rousseau became part of the French Revolution in 1792... That's when the reign of terror began. His idea of denying original sin gave free reign to committing actual sins. Marx denied the original uh, uh, sin, and so on with the rest of the philosophers of the 19th century. By decreeing this dogma, it says, look, there is one of us who is without original sin, Blessed Mary. None of you guys, not Karl Marx, not Rousseau, not any of these idiots who commit, whose ideas became the basis of genocide, none of those ideas, uh, or you guys, none of you guys are without original sin, and neither are the people around you. And because she is without original sin, we hold her in higher dignity. You who deny that everybody has original sin use people as pawns, Mm. and you commit mass murder. You commit abortion because you you don't believe that you have original sin, so you excuse everything that you do. The shame is on the moderns who deny the reality of original sin and instead commit these atrocities. Does that make sense? Makes sense. And then we wanted to go to and wrap up, because I know we have to get going, because you have to get on set. Yes. But I love the statement from St. Bernadette. Right through the room looking for me. St. <laughs> Bernadette. And this statement was uh, was quoted to, by her when she was asked, what did the lady tell you? And so I'll, I'm going to let yes. you wrap this up, Father, because it's so beautiful. Because you have to you have to consider you know, who Bernadette was. She was not a very smart young girl. She's in this little no. town. She's in the middle of nowhere. 
Yeah. And so not that she, she would good, get a text or an email or anybody would even had heard even in the town about, you know, the, the, the Immaculate Conception back then, even though it was already it became a dogma because they didn't hear about those things. So tell us what she said as we as we wrap up. Well, she when asked who you are, she said, I'm the Immaculate Conception. Right. And, you know, um, I don't know the rest of the quote. Is there more to it? No, but I'm saying the fact no, that she it. said yeah, that yeah, yeah. is amazing. And I remember the first play I ever saw was a little drama of Lourdes because the sisters, of, the Franciscan sisters of Our Lady of Lourdes taught me. And in third grade, uh, right before my first communion, was the 100th anniversary of Lourdes. So uh, I determined then, oh, that'd be cool. I'd like to live another 100 years while I see the next one. Uh, I don't think my province is going to go for that. But at any rate, you know, this uh, she was given that name, and that helped fire the rest of France and the world to understand Our Lady as the Immaculate Conception. And the timing of her of her apparition there, in yeah, the words, with everything that was going on. Declaration. Yeah, yeah. Coincidence? I think not. More of a godsonance. No, no, no. Father Mitch, have a great show, despite the fact that Grindy is your guest. Tell him I said hi. Yes. <laughs> I'll try to make him brave. I, I, I have to walk with a cane because of my broken leg, so I'll keep that with me. Keep it close. All right, my friend. Thanks. We'll talk to you next week. God bless. The binary choice between life and death is the engine that drives the entire story of human history. It's there in the garden where Adam and Eve made the wrong choice. It's there in the days of Cain and Abel when they have to choose between right and wrong worship. It's there with Joshua in chapter 24 where he says, Choose this day whom you will serve. And the binary choice is there with King David when Bathsheba catches his eye. It's there in Proverbs 14:12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And it's there in Jesus' teaching. Will you build on the rock or will you build on sand? And when we talk about imitating Christ, we mean that we want to be like Jesus, who always makes the right choice, choosing God above created things. He chooses life, and for those who follow him, he promises abundant life, even eternal life. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. I repeat, I'm sure ad nauseum to the guys who are here, a line from Pope Benedict Emeritus now, who used to say over and over again, to be a Christian is not the result of an ethical choice, but the result of an event, an encounter, a meeting with the living God in the person of Jesus Christ. This and nothing less is what it means to be a Christian. So we said the new evangelization is new in ardor. That's a kind of old-fashioned word. What in the world is ardor? Ardor is zeal, fervor, passion. Are you passionate about Jesus? Passionate about Jesus. Are you zealous for Jesus? Are you fervent for Jesus? Are we fervent for the gospel? Are we passionate about helping this world come to know him. Wrapping up a Thursday morning, 39 minutes past the hour. Mark Cartfield's been on with us before. He's the vice president of Paradisius Day, creators of the 
beautiful rosary video series. Today we're going to be talking about the joyful mysteries. It's a very merry and program today, Mark. We just uh, interviewed Father Mitch Pacwa on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, which is tomorrow. So I think it's important to to mention the timing of this interview and the release of the rosary video series in particular, uh, shot in the Holy Land, correct? Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you. Yes, it was shot in the Holy Land. And interesting, the release was on the Feast of Our Lady of Rosary, which is October 7th. Wow. Which is <gasps> the same day as the attacks in Israel. So, gosh, what a sorrow to the heart of Our Lady. And yet... We go and we talk about the joyful mysteries, right? The joy that the joy exploding forth from the gospel in the midst, you know, mm. of the chaos of this world. The timing of that, Mark, had to give you chills. Uh, it did, and I'll tell you, you know, the presentation of the temple, which is proving to be one of the most, I would say, just favorite episodes of the viewers so far. Um, you know, Our Lady goes there, presents, you know, Jesus to the Father, and in this moment. You know, Simeon prophesied her heart would be pierced by a sword. Yeah. Right right there in the temple where it's been destroyed. And it's the center of the conflict 2,000 years later is still in this location. And so as I'm entering into it, and even praying in that very spot at the Western Wall, the Wailing Wall, I really experienced Our Lady's, I guess, first and foremost, her great love for her, all of her children. But with that great love comes this incredible sorrow to mm. see, you know, her wayward children with self-inflicted wounds. And gosh, three of her seven sorrows, our Lady of Sorrows, take place during the joyful mysteries. It kind of blew my mind. Huh. So let's go back and give our, our listeners background about the series itself, the idea behind it, how it's distributed, uh, how you came to record the whole thing, and just some background in case people aren't familiar with it of the rosary series you can go to the rosary series.com it's all free and basically uh our aspiration is to go through the 20 key moments in the life of christ as outlined in the rosary so the rosary itself is extremely christocentric it's about jesus it's about his mysteries right through the contemplative gaze of our lady and so we wanted to go on location in the holy land and film on these locations where our Lord walked and talked and, and preached and ultimately suffered, died, and, and rose from the dead. And so, so far we have filmed one episode each on each of the Sorrowful Mysteries, and that was released this past Lent. And now we've done the Joyful Mysteries, and that has been released as well. So it's really perfect for Advent. Um, and you get to see these locations. So. We go to Bethlehem, you know, we, we're in Nazareth, we're at the Sea of Galilee, um, all these amazing spots, um, and the filmography is just utterly breathtaking. So. And in terms of the response so far to the series, what are folks saying? Um, I think what they're, they're, they're seeing the mysteries opened up to them in a way they never imagined, right? And it's helping them, you know, people have prayed the rosary, and for many people... <laughs> People struggle with contemplation, right, while they're praying mm -hmm. the rosary. And so um, it's really opened it up in a way where they're, gosh, they're like, wow, we've never thought about this before. I've never thought about that before. And it's enhancing their prayer life. And so I would say the series goes beyond itself. It's not meant to be something you just watch one time and it's over. Um, it opens up the mystery, right? You enter into the life of Christ. And so... That's what's, I think, most profound, and I think what it does is, you know, we have these sacred mysteries that are never-ending there. They're abundantly fruitful, 
and we combine that with um, the beauty of the film, right? So the beauty of the mystery is matched with the beauty of the film, and it just it really opens up people to a new vision of of what our Lord did, right? You know what I keep thinking of also is the timing of the, this release based on the fact that so many people who had planned possibly with pilgrimages in mind to be going to the Holy Land, whether it be a Christmas time or some other time of the year, Mark, and that, I don't know when tourism is going to resume or the pilgrimages will resume. And so I think it's important in the timing of it, the fact that they can go there through this series. Yes, and I'm hearing from both both groups of people, um, people who've never been before and may never get to go, right? Right that, gosh, they've always had a desire, they have no idea what it looks like, and so they're they're kind of seeing it in a new way, and they're like, we, we had no idea what this <laughs> what this place looked like and what it felt like, and so thank you uh, kind of for showing us that. And then the second group is people who have been once or more than once, and they're, they're saying, like, as I watch this, I'm taken back. Yeah. I'm, I'm reliving these spiritual experiences that I had there, and in some senses, um, you know, when you're on pilgrimage, things happen so fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just, like, overwhelmed, and, and it's just bringing everything back, and they're almost getting to relive it um, and be there. And then they get to pray the rosary, and it all comes back even more. How are you able to offer this for free? Because you and I, being in, in media, know that this is, especially if you just think of the travel budget alone you must have had, but how are you able to offer this free? Uh, it's just the generosity of... Um, you know, we have the That Man Is You Men's program, and mm-hmm. so we've, I've been doing that for 19 years, and so first and foremost, we went to that group of men and gave them this idea and said, could you help us bring this to the world? And so we had some generous men and families step up and, and donate towards it, um, and now anyone who views it, we do ask them, you know, if, the, if they'd like to give a donation to, to help us finish the series, they can do that. And so it's all been donor-based which is just so beautiful, the generosity of God working in the hearts of His people um, who have a great love for our Lord and Our Lady and, and really a desire for the world to, to know Jesus, uh, to know Our Lady. Uh, and really, all these big, huge problems, and I know they're, the cultural problems are multifaceted. I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not the United Nations and you know, things like that, but I do know, like, spiritually speaking, it, it's very simple. Like, our world needs... Jesus needs God. Yeah. We need God. Mm-hmm. We need love. Only sacrificial love. You know, we're going to continue to perpetuate problems. You know, with with any other answer, but only sacrificial love in the end uh, will triumph, and it will always triumph. It will always win. It will always conquer even the greatest evil. That's what we saw on Good Friday. Yeah, and the triumph of the Immaculate Heart and the Sacred Heart of Jesus. We're talking to Mark Harfield, Vice President of Paradiso Day creators of the Joyful Mystery Rosary video series. Again, where do we find it online, Mark? TheRosarySeries.com. You must still be, though. I keep thinking about the fact that you released this on the same day the war started. Unbelievable. Because of the feast day. Yeah. Yes, unbelievable. It's just been very heavy on my heart. Um, but, you know, like you said, in the end, the Immaculate Heart will triumph. Even think about Fatima. Uh, this is before World War One and World War Two, and Our Lady's prophesying, and she's telling these children... Pray, 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 pray the rosary, mm-hmm. um, and souls are at stake. And are you willing to offer your sufferings? Are you willing to pray a daily rosary? Um, that sometimes the answers from heaven surprise us in their simplicity. And so, um, Our Lady of the Rosary 
still has uh, <laughs> a lot to say about what's going on. Well, she she comes to us in these approved apparitions at such important times in history. I was just talking to mm-hmm. Father Mitch Pacwa about the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, the dogma of the Immaculate Conception, which was finally confirmed in the mid-1800s. And then shortly after that, St. Bernadette, right, in Lourdes, mm-hmm. tells mm-hmm. Her, her family when they're questioning her and the priest, who, does the la- who's, who is this lady? Who does she tell you she is? She says, I don't understand it. And they say, well, tell us. And she says, I'm the Immaculate Conception. And Father Mitchell was explaining it with the background in terms of the times that not too uh, long before it was finally declared, the dogma was officially declared because the church had believed that, that there were all these leaders who were proclaiming there was no original sin. And what is the Mm. Immaculate Conception, Mary born without original sin, showing us that, yes, there is original sin and why she is immaculate. So she's always coming to us at these times even with the approved apparition in Cabejo, right, in, in, in Uganda there, she came before that happened in that particular area of the world. And it's always so powerful if you look and pull back and look at the way things happen. Nothing is by chance. Amen. And interesting enough, that's where we think we're going to go next, because obviously we can't get into Israel right now. It wouldn't be uh, wise or prudent. Uh, my wife certainly wouldn't allow it. <laughs> um, so we are considering going to do the glorious mysteries next and doing like Rome and Lords and Fatima and one of the things you just described uh, I am the Immaculate Conception that's what Our Lady says in Lords and to me that's intimately connected with the Assumption right one of the glorious right. mysteries mm-hmm. if you're you know original sin as you, as we said you know this leads to suffering and decay and death right but if Our Lady is the masterpiece you know, she's God's masterpiece. She's his mother. He preserves her from sin, which leads to the preservation of the decay of her body, mm-hmm. which is ultimately the assumption, right? right. The power of God. He brings yeah. her into heaven. And so I'm excited to, to go kind of explore this uh, Lord's. And then in Fatima, we see her with that amazing crown, mm-hmm. uh, the famous crown on, on the statue of Our Lady of Fatima. That fits really well with the coronation. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think these places can also be amazing uh, contemplative gaze at at the glorious mysteries. Well, I, I said Uganda. I should have said Rwanda. I misspoke. But but uh, you know, um, Immaculate uh, Ilga Begiza has done so much in that as well, and she has a huge dedication to Our Lady of the Rosary. So this is super super important, and and to kind of and, and this is where. We have to, again, pull back, and, and you know this, in the work that you do, and look at the big picture of, of the Church in, in the history of the world and the times and what the Church is telling us. I was just thinking about uh, just on Monday, it was the 60th anniversary of the, of the document, Intimorifica, all about the media. And if you read that, Mark, and you look at what's going on today, it's a very, very short document, but it's so prophetic in terms of the responsibility, not just of those who are producing content, but those who are receiving content. And this is a church speaking at the time of Vatican II. So when the church is speaking, it's the Holy Spirit speaking through her. This is why we have to sit up and take notice. It's super, super important. So what's next? Did you say you have a plan for your next um, spot, or is that still in the works? It's still in the works, but we're thinking Glorious Mysteries would be next. I was planning on Luminous in the Holy Land, but that's not looking Mm. good right now. So I'm thinking, you know, how do you go from Christ on, on the cross? So you have a lifeless body hanging on this tree, a sign of um, condemnation, so to speak. All, all of his followers have left. How do you go from there to 
let's say, the glory of Rome, the glory of St. Peter's Square. Mm. And so kind of my argument or proposal, is, if you will, is proof of the resurrection, proof of the descent of the Holy Spirit is the life of the apostles, namely Peter and Paul, the chief apostles. And so, you know, we have that famous statement, the glory of God is man fully alive. So something of the glorious mysteries transitioning from the Holy Land into Rome would be a look at this transition, this transformation, total transformation of Peter and Paul that ultimately would be martyred, right, in Mm -hmm. Rome, and the Church would spread uh, throughout the whole world. And so um, now contemplating the glorious mysteries, I'm I'm in the midst of that. It's been just amazing, um, even just looking at the word glory, the infinite goodness of God. Uh, is is worthwhile. <laughs> so we think Rome, and then Lords and Fatima, um, to talk about the glorious mysteries. Wow. Well, you could also go in Rome to, of course, uh, um, Santa Maria Maggiore, Saint Mary Major, which would be amazing, right? I mean, there's yes. so many places in yes. Rome where you could, we could shoot this. But Mark, thank you so much for your work, and, and God bless you. And I think the the timing, you know, God's timing is always perfect. And really appreciate you offering this to everyone for free, and especially when things are so challenging in our world, to remember, as I always say, that God is still very large and very much in charge. I'll, I'll let you give the website one more time for more information. Yes, it's uh, therosaryseries.com, and I, I just think the timing of all the trials and turmoil, God's still calling us to great joy. Amen. And that's the beauty of the joyful mysteries. Amen. Thank you so much, and enjoy the rest of Advent. And if I don't chat with you before then, have a beautiful Christmas and look forward to hear how this project continues, God willing, in 2024. We'll wrap Thank up you our th- so much. You're welcome, Mark. Thanks for joining us. We'll wrap up our Thursday morning edition of Catholic Connection. We come back in about two minutes. Stay tuned. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. He was a pope, a saint, and a doctor of the church. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. Pope St. Gregory I the Great is one of only four popes honored as the Great. Among his many achievements was sending missionaries across northern Europe, especially St. Augustine of Canterbury, who brought Christ to the people of England. In a pun, Pope Gregory called the English people angels. He died in 604. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. 
Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and lighthouse work. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Wishing you a beautiful Feast of the Immaculate Conception. We are off tomorrow for the Holy Day of Obligation. It is a holy day, so we do need to get the Mass either for a Vigil Mass tonight or sometime tomorrow. Stay tuned, of course, in the meantime, to EWTN for great programming on the beautiful feast day coming up tomorrow and moving into the second week of Advent already on Sunday. Very excited on Monday, my dear friend Father John Ricardo is going to be joining me talking about his great work at Acts 29, and also he's going to be running a beautiful, beautiful seminar that is coming up next summer that is sure to sell out. It's the Grand Hotel Getaway, and we broadcast live from there every year, and we have this wonderful event, but he's an incredible teacher. We're proud that he is from our diocese in the Archdiocese of Detroit, but known to so many around the world through his work on radio and TV and in evangelization in general. Ciao, ciao. Have a great weekend. God willing, talk to you on a Monday. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E Maria Radio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.